0: Hello, I'm Amy Stevenson and this is The Human CEO. In each episode, we'll be meeting with CEOs and senior leaders to understand their approach to leadership, the challenges they faced and how they overcame them. We'll also be asking what they feel it takes to be a great leader. Having that ability to go, yeah, I make mistakes as well, and exactly the same as the rest of you, we're all human. And I think that that does give that authenticity and trust between you and your team as well. And I think that's one of the really important things that they need to trust you. Welcome to The Human CEO. I'm your host, Amy Stevenson, and today I'm joined by Leanne Bonacook. Leanne's the founder and CEO of Ebate Limited, the UK's first end-to-end SaaS price and margin management solution. With a passion for business transformation using innovative software, Ebate was created by Leanne after seeing the potential for a SaaS rebate management solution across multiple industries. With over 20 years experience in senior roles in the technology sector, Leanne's also been awarded the title of Businesswoman of the Year in 2015 and 2017, and has successfully bought business software and services to corporate customers on a global scale. Leanne joins us today to share her insight as a leader and a human CEO. Thank you for joining us today, Leah. It's great to have you with us. You're very welcome. Thank you for having me. So could you tell us a little bit to start off about the organisation that you lead and what you're, you know, what you stand for and what you're working towards, please? Yeah, absolutely. So Ebate is an intelligent rebate management solution. So it's a SaaS piece of software that we sell into B2B enterprises. And our vision is that really we want to be the number one choice for our customers. Um, So how are we going to do that? Well, I think it's based on having a strong team. And for me, it's about the values of the team and and, and how we share those together and our, our Our values are about one team working together with pride and passion to deliver innovation for the customer. And we all are really bought into that as as a company and that's what our culture drives towards. So for me, I think we're looking for customers as well that want to transform their business, but also share our values along, along the way. I think it makes yes. it an easier journey for everybody. Yeah, definitely, it's important. It's important. Absolutely. And, and so the organization has been established for—it's almost five years. No, so we we actually started trading in 2018. Oh, okay. Um. So, uh, in September 2018. So we're literally coming up. This is our fourth year of trading. Um, right. So um, we we started in, in 2018. We um, with a prototype, we went out to market. Mm-hmm. Um, we then got our first round of investment in in 2019, uh, which was excellent. And then obviously the pandemic hit. which um, yes. probably set us back. But you know that you know we'll come into that probably later. But that has mm-hmm. set us back. But it's not been you know a complete and utter disaster for us. So yeah, yeah. making perhaps all in the right direction, which is the is the good news. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. And and so in terms of being a leader of that kind of organization at that stage in its life cycle, what kind of challenges are you up against at the moment? I think taking a SaaS product to market is never easy. Um, you know, it's a new it's a new thing. We're being disruptive with our technology, um, so so getting the message out there it's not so much as a, just a SaaS sale. It is about an educational play at the beginning, and then you switch over over a period of time. So that that in itself is challenging anyway. And then in the mix of that, we had COVID thrown in the middle. Um, our customer base, as I say, is enterprise business to business. So their whole focus was not on implementing new technology. It's like how do we sustain our own business and keep it going? Yeah. people working from home uh, etc so that that was the challenge i think that what that's also done is led to like a 360 really because then that working from home that remote actually shows um when, when processes perhaps aren't as streamlined as they could be. Oh, and when good. this activity is being undertaken, typically I biggest it's is a spreadsheet. Um, so when that's happening and, and, and with remote working, it highlights the problem more. So now I'd say that it's done a 360 and now people are like, we've got to fix this problem. So whilst it's slowed us down, in some ways, it could have done us a favour in the long term. Yeah, yeah. Swings and roundabouts, isn't it? Absolutely. <laughs> and so your journey into leadership how did that happen was it always going to be the case that you were sat in the top seat or was it not, not at all not at okay. all i mean i i left school um relatively like early straight after o levels um mm. and i'm dyslexic so i never enjoyed education so for me to i i had the opinion that to be a good leader you must have had to have gone to university etc and that you don't just you know leave school just with some o levels and become a leader um and i went on to train to be an accountant so i i did professional qualifications and i did professional qualifications every year of my life up till the age of 40 um, uh, just to to progress but back in um, 86 I, I trained as an accountant in the pharmaceutical space and then moved into IT and I went and did a stint in textiles and textiles was like really quite a tough industry at the time so you were being squeezed on costs all the time so it was all about business improvement cost optimization and I went on my first management course with that organization and the ops director at the time he said to me, you've just got a natural ability as a leader and, and I don't understand why you're not a leader. And I thought, I've never thought about this before. <laughs> but then from then on, I did actually look at opportunities that were available or given to me, really. And it could have even been, you know, in some team team building exercise and I'd take the lead role in that. It could have been in a project and I took the project lead in that. So, so gradually I started to build up my leadership skills um, throughout that time, really until I then became a leader of small teams myself and then later on, you know, um, running my own business brilliant sometimes it does take someone else to see it doesn't it I think in the early days sometimes it takes that person it does and I think you know all of us we just go to work to do a good job and mm-hmm. and you know and we do that but I think you know now there's I mean there's some great tools available now isn't there to help yeah. help define you know different different strengths and your know, different weaknesses and things when I went to work we didn't have profiling in that way and so therefore you didn't know people didn't nurture you in the right way so really it was like you were left really to to drive your own pathway in life um and there wasn't that really the support there to to help you do it so so much yeah Speaking of tools, one of the tools that we use, um, they've just developed something that's very, very similar to the psychometrics and all the tools that we use in the workplace, but they've developed it for 11 to 18-year-olds. which I, think- I find that concept fascinating. I, I absolutely do. And I think there's just some basics missing there, isn't there, about when you're going to work. You know, how many people, when they're picking their O-levels or whatever, know what they want to do? Very few yeah. I suggest. Yeah, yeah. And, and actually, by doing some of that profiling, you know, do you want to work with people? Do you like to work in isolation? Are you a detailed person? And I think all of those things would gear you into maybe the types of careers that you should be looking at and there was a book that i read many years ago and it was called what colors my parachute and that's exactly what that book did um so yeah i absolutely advocate that we should be like inspiring youngsters that they've got the capability. absolutely and and with regards to leadership then so you mentioned about the the skills that you started developing from a leadership point of view are there particular skills and attributes that you think all leaders should have is it case by case or uh, no, I think all leaders need to be in tune with emotional intelligence. I mean, we're a software business, but I said we're a people business ultimately. We yeah. we employ a lot of people. It's people building our software. It's people selling our software. It's people using our software. So, you know, the fact that it's a piece of software is a byproduct, really. It's a people-based business. Um, so for me, having that emotional intelligence to really work with and understand people, um, I think, is, is is the way forward for me. And, and I've worked for leaders myself where, you know, it was one mole fits all and you're all the same and that's how you'll be treated and Mm -hmm. and that isn't life and I don't think you get the best performance out of people um if you behave in that way Mm -hmm. yeah for me I think being a leader you've got to have the passion and the drive and and a clear strategy for your business but I do think it's about for us, I think it's about showing our honesty, humility, humility ourselves, but also exposing ourselves to go, yeah, I am leading a team and I am mentoring you to be great leaders in your own right. But actually, I make mistakes as well. And, and you know, we learn from those and we move forward. And I think, you know, having that ability to go, you know, yeah, I make mistakes as well. And exactly the same as the rest of you. We're all human. Mm-hmm. And I think that that does give that authenticity and trust between you and your team as well. And I think that's one of the really important things that you know that they need to trust you as as their leader. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's one of the greatest shifts that's happened in leadership over the last. I couldn't name the time frame, but we've certainly seen the shift where people are recognising the power in vulnerability. Yeah, it's no longer that leader at the front. I, I've got all the answers. I know what we're doing. Of course, you have to you have to lead the way. But you're absolutely right in terms of that authenticity and your team seeing who you are as a person and yeah. seeing that you occasionally you're fallible. And and I know we use the the word leader still, but but I think from from my perspective, we have multiple leaders in our business. So Mm -hmm. I couldn't develop a piece of technology to save my life, but... Um, so I have a leader that leads the area. I have a leader in finance, a leader of sales. Yeah. And, and you know, they're all leaders on their own right. And I think it's about giving people the autonomy, um, you know, in my leadership team and then below below those guys is it's about giving the autonomy to allow people to grow and to flourish and come through. And, and back to my days in 1996, when that operations director said to me, you've got a real natural talent here. I'm not I don't understand why you're not using it. Yeah. Well, I didn't even know that I had that. And so, so how do you know? And it's about that encouragement, motivation. And I think pushing people out of their comfort zone as well so that you know to prove to them that they can actually achieve yeah yeah fantastic and so thinking about the ops director then and, and, and other people that were in your career early early on was there an experience or a piece of advice that one of those individuals gave you that has shaped your leadership style absolutely so I think that two bits of advice I'd say that I've been given one is that failure uh, makes us stronger so it's about learn the lessons and also move yeah. on. And I think that there's a lot of whilst we can fail and we learn the lessons, we don't always move on. So we hark back on it. And I think that for me, it's like we've done it, draw a line under it, move on. Mm-hmm. And, and I think, you know, by making those failures makes you stronger because it makes you assess things differently. So I've made decisions before where I've reactively made a decision and then regretted it. So now it's always like, OK, don't don't, you know, just shoot from the hit. Wait, take it, consider a problem approach, look at the logic of it, and then make a decision. So my whole decision-making process has slowed down considerably uh, compared to what it was 15 years ago. Um, So so I think absolutely, and that that for me was a key one, Um, and we all make mistakes, and I think Mm -hmm. it's being open about those mistakes as well and transparent about them, and I think that works both ways. And then the other piece of advice I was once given was somebody said to me, it's your journey, not somebody else's. So yeah, why do yeah, you care what exactly. anyone else thinks? Mm-hmm. Um, and it was like, they said to me, take the road that you want to see the view that you want to get. And I thought that for me was really powerful yeah. And, yeah, yeah. and so true. And mm-hmm. we do compare ourselves to others and, and actually we can't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's, comparison is the thief of, thief of joy, isn't it, they say? It absolutely. absolutely is. You have got to, you've got to walk your own path. <laughs> Definitely. And so a lot of the listeners that are, are listening to this podcast, they will be your peers, so there'll be other business leaders across the UK, but there are, obviously there are individuals that are looking to follow in your footsteps and hoping, you know, to sit in that CEO seat one day. What advice would you offer to someone that was looking to follow in your footsteps? My biggest bit of advice would just be be authentic and show your team emotional intelligence. I think expose yourself, um, but really listen, um, listen to them, guide them uh, and make sure that you're available um, for them as well. And I, I think for me, if you, if you do that, you, you, Got the right team in place or the right dynamics in place to create a great team and and as a leader you can't do it on your own so no matter how you know wonderful you might think you are um you know learn to delegate you learn to use that team and and you know really make them become the better leaders you have within your team the easier your life is by far mm-hmm. absolutely absolutely so speaking of leaders we spoke a little bit before we started recording about uh, leaders that you particularly admire. Is there a, a standout leader, past or present, famous or otherwise, that you particularly admire and why? I think for me right here right now where we are you know sat in the beginning of march with the uh, atrocities that are going on between mm. russia and the ukraine it has to be for me you know the ukraine president zelensky i think the courage and the determination that he's shown to the people of his country is second to none there's no fear there yeah. Yeah. he is absolutely leading the way and, and i just think it's such an inspiration he's 44 years of age so not not that old, not masses of experience, but he's doing it with real courage and determination. And yeah. and for me, right here and right now, it's got to be him. Yeah, fantastic. There's that element of shoulder to shoulder, isn't there? You know, you lead from the front. Sometimes you lead from behind. Sometimes you've just got to be shoulder to shoulder. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah fantastic I agree with him you know and I'll tell you, so Then other leaders that have inspired me my, my own dad so you know you go well, well that's his job he's your father but actually my father was in the military and he led us as a family so he he led us he nurtured us he motivated us he gave us the opportunities so actually he led us to what we are today um, i was yeah. always very encouraging so actually when I look at my dad I just think he was a great leader and really inspirational um, mm-hmm. to me um, and he you know and he does something Completely different, but and and obviously, the opportunities that I've had weren't available when he was younger. But what he has always done is encouraged you and always pushed that little bit harder to let you know that you could always do better. Um, so that that you know, he's been a great leader for, for our family, yeah, fantastic. You sound like a lucky family, to have a leader exactly, exactly. Yeah. And a lot Brilliant. of people don't have that, so. Yeah, absolutely. And and in terms of leadership, then do you do you read much um, leadership literature? Are you have you read many autobiographies that have influenced you? I'm always interested I, to hear what people. Are reading. I, I'm I'm dyslexic, so I absolutely hate reading. To be perfectly honest with you, but what I somebody did introduce me to was Blinkist, and I absolutely yes. love it because <laughs> it's that real sort of like snippets of books. So I listen to that generally on my dog walk or, or my way to work or something. So so I do listen to that, and I do listen to books. I mean, uh, at the moment, I'm reading a. book called Blue Ocean Shift so that was given to me by by an investor Uh that said read this and I also read books from other investors and business leaders Um, and you pick up different snippets so some have uh, have a similar vein running through them but I think it's about application and how you Mm -hmm. apply things and how you deal with difficult situations are the things for me that are really you know really telling about the way that you deal with those and the way that you behave and I'm sure as leaders we could all have days where we could go to work I can't do this, um, but but you have to show that strength and that resolve. Yeah. Um, carry the team with you. You couldn't have a meltdown in your own office, could you? No, no. <laughs> you we know, no no sure <laughs> do, do you feel like that. So I do. I do say I listen to to things on Blinkist that are just like real short, sharp snippets. Yeah, yeah. And audible, Audible is my biggest. Exactly. I think that's exactly. changed, changed yeah. the way I. I through books but the blue ocean shift i'm reading that as well i find it fascinating yeah it's brilliant i think that could be an absolute game changer yeah i do and i think as well you know we're obviously an early stage business we have got some competitors out there and i think for me it's again it's about this you know taking your own pathway but it's about plowing our own furrow I don't, mm-hmm. I don't care what they're doing and i need to be aware of them um uh, yeah. but, but actually this is our journey and it's going to be different from their journey and, and we're not here to directly compete and actually if you're trying to create a marketplace you need more than one person in that market otherwise yeah. You know, there is no competition, is there? So, yeah. I think some people get a little bit silly about it, but I just think there's a place for everybody, and we just need to again move past, create our own, plow our own field basically. Yeah, absolutely. Run your own race, someone once said to me. Absolutely. And, and so, can you tell us a little bit about eBay then? So, what's going to be going on over the next six, nine, 12 months? What can you share with us? Yeah, so I can. say. So, I mean, we've just completed another investment round back in December. Um, so that's really good. So that's enabled us to, to strengthen the product further. And, and now it's about customer acquisition for us. It's about um, increasing our annual recurring revenue. And we'd like to get to our Series A raise by the end of 2022. That then puts us in a complete different ballgame. Um, we've signed a deal with a large American healthcare company. I can't say who that is at the moment, but we signed a big deal with a large American healthcare company. And that'll be a game changer for us uh, and them uh, as a business. And it's a true partnership moving forward. And I think for me, looking and identifying those partnerships as to how we can move forward and grow the business more rapidly is, mm-hmm. is what the future holds. So, yeah, that's the, the direction over the next 12 months fantastic and from that c- customer acquisition piece what kind of organizations do you want to work with who are you targeting so so we're targeting i mean generally b2b and so we are, we, we have expertise or in retail pharmaceuticals mm-hmm. and really it's anything involved in the in the supply chain so a rebate is, is something that suppliers give to buyers um, mm-hmm. To, to encourage them to, to buy more but both sides of that supply chain need to manage the, what they're buying so obviously from a supply it's about incentivization for mm-hmm. people to buy more but from a buy side it's about well, when should i be buying to hit that next tier of rebate and how do i increase the margins in my own business mm-hmm. um so so it works on both sides but for, you know right the way across the patch we can work but we tend to be getting uh, a lot of specialism in in pharmaceuticals retail uh, automotive so mm-hmm. yeah That's very excellent. interesting Interesting. Brilliant. Yeah, well, I look forward to keeping up and uh, following your progress. Thank you very much. Brilliant. Leanne, I've really enjoyed it. So thank you for taking the time to uh, to speak with me today. You're very welcome. Thank you for having me, Amy.